You're listening to Voice Memos, the show about two longtime friends who have informative yet brief discussions about multitudinous topics. If you want to go deep into a topic, this is not the podcast for you. We keep it shallow. Now, please welcome your hosts, Jen and Myron. You know what? I am sick of your ass. I'm sick of your ass. I am sick of your ass. Connect your audio. God. Fuck my life. How dare my job that pays my bills ask me to work later? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what it's like to be retired just doing whatever the fuck you want to do all day i don't know what that's like (laughs) you know what i had such a wonderful day of leisure so let me explain i was up at 5 30 and then i i uh, part of i enthusiastically checked all my social medias (laughs) before getting up eating a half a bowl of uh, multi-grain Cheerios without any milk, just dry. (laughs) And then I went on a nice five and a half mile walk. Wow. And then I I came home and showered because I was going to go get groceries. And as I was leaving the house, my uncle texted and said he was nearby getting a haircut and wanted like to stop and get, or like to meet with him and have some coffee. So I was like, well, Okay, so I met him. We had coffee. We just hung out for you know, not maybe an hour, maybe not even an hour. And then after I left there, I got some groceries, and then I came home, watched little TV, little rally TV, and then I've just been waiting for three hours for you. Oh, <laughs> oh my god, your day sounds awful. Like. <laughs> You're, someone reaches out to you and says, "Hey, I'm in the area. You want to hang out?" You're just, all your thought is, "What else am I doing?" <laughs> <laughs> well, I forgot to say, I had a very nice um, iced homemade uh, mocha. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> so sick. anybody that's listening. That still works, you know, a corporate job and we're golden handcuffed. Uh, you can send your hate mails and text messages to Myron as he's enjoying his life. You know what? They say that jealousy is ugly on a person and I am looking so ugly right now. <laughs> I, I really think that next year I am going to get a part-time job. What? What are you going to do? What do you want to do? I don't know. It's gonna be something very basic, very simple. But I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna get a part time job next year. Like maybe. And what would be the reason? Um, you know, I was watching this. Uh, speaking of watching TV, there's this, there's a, a reality show on Netflix called uh, Five Star Chef, and it's it's set at this five star hotel in London, and the head chef there is looking for another chef. This was a reality competition. So they get, you know, they narrowed it 
They narrow the competitors down to about seven or eight competitors. And then, you know, it's basic cooking stuff, right? You, you follow along as they, as they eliminate people and uh, select the chef. And there is, there is uh, maybe two different um, episodes where, because it's the head chef there and two other people who are the, like the little committee. And there's one or two episodes where the one guy who's part of the committee is a restaurateur, you know, he owns all these restaurants. And so he then is the head chef that as the competitors are preparing something, he's standing there giving them orders on on a couple of episodes and he's just barking out orders, you know, and he's like, like one time, you know, this guy didn't like his lamb, his lamb or something wasn't ready or whatever it was. He was cooking. He was like, I told you to start that in the oven an hour ago. Why didn't you? And he's just yelling at him and stuff. And so Watching that, I was like, I miss being a boss and yelling at people. <laughs> <laughs> I knew we were gonna, I knew it was gonna lead to this at some point. <laughs> god damn it. Oh god, it's so it, it's so although you know what? That reality show is very it's very mellow. Like it's not it like he yells like that one time, but for the most part. Is it's 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 a British reality show, so it's very mellow. It's not like American reality TV. So, and it's only I think maybe six episodes, but it's really good. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. five star chef. So you would okay. So you would want to be a boss. You wouldn't want to be somebody that is being bossed around. Um, no, not really. I think that uh, I, I think like I could do something like be a restaurant host like see people you know you welcome them in you know take the little name and everything and tell them tell them their table is ready or shake hands at walmart or working like a donut factory like i don't mind working at a donut shop just throwing donuts at people you know something like (laughs) Like, it's like the pike's place of 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 donuts (laughs) so I know they don't throw donuts at anyone, but it seems like that'd be a fun thing to do. So just something very basic like that. I think I, I think I would like to do something like that. Where it's just maybe three, four days a week. And on those days, it's probably three to five hours and then I'm done. You know, why don't, well, I mean, not that you asked for a suggestion, but I, I think of my mom who went back to work. She likes to have extra money. Right. So she went and started working in a school and they're off, you know, she, she only works like three or four hours a day. And then they're off in the summertime off for, you know, the holidays. Anytime there is a, um, a holiday, say Labor Day or Memorial Day, they're always off plus summer break and all that stuff. What about I mean, I don't know if any school's going to let you in considering the amount of emails that you send when the curriculum's not right, but I mean, it's just a thought. <laughs> oh my God. You know, in order to help, when my daughter was in elementary in middle school and you have to do like, you know, um, you have to volunteer and help out in those schools that you have to get your fingerprints and all that kind of stuff done, right? So I did all that. So I am eligible to work in schools. Like I passed 
background, but they didn't know what they were getting, but I did <laughs> ask background. <laughs> now, would that be an option for you to work maybe in a kitchen or maybe, um, I don't even know what other jobs you can oh, yeah. do with that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. for sure. Yeah, okay. school ground. Yeah, kitchen, school ground, you know, teacher assistant. It doesn't even matter. Yeah, some, something like that. Is where, this where, to where keep I, your I, mind, like, viable yeah. or is it... Um, um, yeah, you know, the human contact is good, you know, yeah. um, um, I liked, I liked that about working, like I worked with seniors for years and I did like that part about working with seniors and dealing with all their families and stuff. It's exhausting, but, yeah. but it's not, um, it's generally very, it's generally very, very mellow because you're helping people, even though you deal with some people who are who can be difficult because they're going through a difficult time, right? So you're trying to help them and they're not, they'll be difficult because they're stressed. And so you try to take some of that stress away um, because they're dealing with seniors who are declining and it's usually their parent. And so there's a lot of dynamics with that. Like, as a, for example, like this is a related topic, but not to me working. Did you see the video? You probably didn't see it because you were working. Oh, um, I saw the air quotes. <laughs> so that guy, Mitch McConnell today, right? Mitch McConnell, um, former Speaker of the House. He's 80-something years old. He's just a vile, detestable man um, uh, from, I think he's a senator, senior senator from Kentucky or something like that. But anyway, so he's been sick, you know, for a while. But, you know, in politics, they just never, you just never retire because, you know, these these political parties have such slim margins of people and control that they never want to lose a person. So and Mitch McConnell has been around forever. So in, in, in that level of politics, the longer you're there, the more power you accumulate and favors and stuff. So anyway, they trotted him out today to give a little speech about some bullshit they were doing. But he's at the podium and the press is there. And he says a couple of words and then he freezes. Uh-oh. And he stops talking and he doesn't even blink for maybe a minute. Like, if you watch, well, you'll see this video going around. It is the most uncomfortable thing. And so finally, one of those other Republicans standing next to him uh, whispers in his ear, but of course it's on the mic. You can hear it. He goes, hey, Miss, you have anything else to say? And at first, Miss doesn't respond to that at all. Then the guy says it again. Do you have any, uh, anything else to say to the press? And then Mitch, he, like, he leans forward like he's going, like he didn't hear him. You know, so he makes that motion like, can you say it again? And the guy says it, and then Mitch McConnell says no. And then the guy sort of helps him away. And there's like seven or eight Republicans standing behind and around him, and nobody initially reacted to him just completely freezing. And I've seen this happen working with seniors. You know, it could be just an age-related um, illness. It could be a part of uh, dementia or Alzheimer's. It could be medication. It could be he was just at a loss of words. Or he could be having a mini stroke. Like, it could be a lot of things because, you know, you're, you're, you're older and you've been sick. And it's okay that it happened, but at the same time, nobody around him recognized 
he was having a real moment and needed some uh, medical immediate attention. He could have stroked out right there. It was live on TV. Damn. Yeah, it was live on TV. And I just thought, holy fuck. And so I checked around online because he, he this, this guy is an awful guy. When, when they were telling him about people dying of COVID and everything and how they wanted to shut things down, he, his response was, um, I, I don't want to, I don't want to mess up the exact quote, but, it, but to paraphrase it was, you tell me it's like, you think I really care. Like he's that kind of guy. So he's getting destroyed online because he's been such a vile, evil, nasty person. But at the same time, he is a singer. You don't want to see that, but holy moly. It is you don't? A- you don't want to see that? <laughs> well, <laughs> you don't want to see it live on TV. Listen, that guy has been a nightmare. And I, you know, I I have been raised, God, my my parents would think by what I said, by what I'm saying right now is that they are sociopaths themselves, but I'm all for just somebody that caused that that has caused that much disdain to people and hatred. I, I'm okay with that. You know what? And, and, and you know when you live that kind of life, you know. Yeah. I remember yeah. my uh, I remember my grandfather when he was alive, and he he pastored this big old church, and he used to say, you know, one of the hardest things he had to do was bury people or conduct their funerals when they were just the worst humans, and the family is sitting there and they want to hear something nice about their loved one that's laying in a casket right in front of you. So I was like, well, how do you? What do you do? You know, I'm not going to lie. He said, but I will ask the family ahead of time, tell me something nice about this mo about this mofo. Wow. And yeah, and he said, so he'll he'll repeat what they said. He'll just say, well, you know, the family said blah, 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 blah. And then, but he wouldn't lie. He said, I'm not going to try to preach and talk somebody into heaven if they've been a demon their whole lives. Like you, you read what you sow. That is, I like what you just said when you said, He's a a demon. Right? I mean, hell, I mean, that guy is awful. He, he, I mean, he's, he's a racist. Rude. He's, yeah. I, I mean, that alone and, and how you can be blatantly, I, I, I remember, I don't know if it was a year ago or a couple of years ago, I'd have, probably have to do some research on it, but he, I know that there was articles ready, written about him being, like the second worst human being on the planet. Yeah, he is just just a muffled man, and he was he was the guy who, I mean, you know, I don't, that guy. Everything he did was awful, and he's another one of those politicians where you know he's got he got his wife's jobs in government, and you know he he is the lead, the senior citizen senior senator from the state of Kentucky, and he's been in that role since the 80s or something, and Kentucky is an awful state. Their, their health care is awful. Their education is awful. You know, he, he has blocked clean energy and climate change legislation because they're one of those fucking cold places. And, you know, he takes money from, you know, Chinese conglomerates to block all kind of progressive stuff. He's awful, and his state is awful with them. But he doesn't care. Like he's one of those people that just doesn't care as long as he can get he can get money and and hold on to power. 
Yeah. So I'll just go back to the fact that cool. I mean, <laughs> let's stand up who should be next. I mean, honestly, I just don't have if if, if it was I, I mean, I could if it was um, what is oh, gosh, I'm so bad right now and not remember her name. Um, but she's got three three names uh, and people are probably probably shouting at the top of their root. Uh, she's in the Senate. She is a younger woman um, who speaks out against just the atrocities within the Senate. Oh is my gosh. AOC? AOC? AOC, yes. Thank you. I was trying yes. to think of the acronym. Yes. Now, if it was her, I would be devastated. Yes, right, 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 right. Right. I'd have because, sympathy. I yes, would, whatever yes. they say about sending thoughts and prayers, whatever that means, I would be just hoping and praying that she would come out ahead of it. This guy, I'm like, listen, one less racist on this planet. I, I'm okay with that. Yeah, you know what? He's a punk. He's and a punk. He's a puke. He, you, 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 you get what you, you, you get. Like you know, I forget the I forget the old quote, but you, the way you look and live later in life is generally what you've earned. Oh, that's so good. Right, right. It's generally what you earn. Now that doesn't mean you can have a tragedy before you, but this guy has had everything at his disposal, and he chose to be an absolute um, douchebag about it. Yes, as my dad would say, growing up as a kid, if you called somebody a puke, it was pretty similar to almost saying like "fuck you" to somebody. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, you know what? That's a funny word. So, I, I just had a conversation with my daughter about the word "gross." Gross. Gross. And so I said, you know, you know, in the early seventies, my brother, my oldest brother, went to live with my grandparents. And they were at the time, they had moved out of Oakland. They were living in a little city called San Ramon. I was 99% white. And he spent the summer with them one summer. And when he came home, the first time I ever heard the word gross is when he said it. Right? And this was like probably 1973 or 74. He said something was gross. And my middle brother and I said, why are you talking white? Like, what is that? <laughs> what is that? And so, you know, we made, we relentlessly, relentlessly made fun of him. And so ever since I've always keyed in on this word because it is a really, really white word. Like, even now, <laughs> right? Even now. And so I just asked my daughter, look, just as like yesterday or two days ago, I asked her this. I said, you ever hear white people say, if they don't like the weather, they say the weather is gross. Like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> How is the weather gross? What does that mean? <laughs> when somebody sends me something via text message about like, oh, it's gonna, it's gonna be so hot, or I got this going on, I respond with gross. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> You said that's a white name. Oh my god! <laughs> a white word. Yeah, a white word. word. I don't know. Other than my brother, like 1973, 1974, I don't know if I've ever heard another black person say the word gross. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, did I ever tell you? Okay, so I I try to avoid anything that's slangish based on the fact 
when we worked at Verizon, there was a phrase called, and I'm not going to finish it. I'm going to rhyme it. It was for shizzle my pizzle. Okay. My so, yeah. Yeah. You can say it. So for shizzle my, and then finish the sentence. I literally probably spent six months saying that to everybody in the call center, got my mom saying it, you know, like, this is cool. One day, one of the, one of the supervisors comes up to me at Verizon. He said, Hey, come here for a second. Cause he said, see you later. I said, see you later. He said, have a good night. I go for shizzle my, you know, like that. And so he he says, come on over. I got to talk to you for a minute. I was like, all right, cool. He's like, Hey, um, do you know what that means? Like what you're saying? And I said, it actually means like, take care of my friend, have a good day. And he said, what black person ever says, take care of my friend. I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> Within 15 seconds, I'm sure he saw every thought process in my mind fully bring forward the Rolodex card that was like, you are a fucking idiot. Like it just clicked in that 15 seconds and I will never ever say anything but gross because I, I didn't realize I felt the, sh- he, he said, listen, you, you know, you've been saying it and it's, it's you. So, you know, I know what you, I know you didn't mean anything by it. And I said, I don't even, I don't even, I'm uncomfortable around the word. I don't want to accidentally say the word negative. I don't want to say negative words like that at all. And so, yeah, that moment forward, I don't think I ever used any slang except gross, that sucks, that's terrible. Hey, what's up? How are you? I don't use anything that rhymes anymore because I learned my lesson. You were like a version of that. Of that meme where that that old guy, that funny looking guy, he's like, "Hello, fellow kids, fellow students," <laughs> and he's like forty. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> the worst thing I had to tell my mom, like, we don't say this. I, I, it was just, it was just a. It, you, you, I said it so lightheartedly. And for the minute, I'm telling you, the minute he said it to the minute it registered, it didn't take a, about a flash of a second. But yeah, it was incredible. So, though, I, I will stick to the words gross um, for, for, the, for the rest of my life or stick. God, that, is, that is so, so funny. So, so I had. I had my first uh, viewing, first day of witnessing of um, a Karen in the wild. So, yes, so I had my phone, but I'm not capable of, uh, like people do on the internet, pulling out my phone very quickly and recording things, Hmm. right? Like, I, I just was transfixed observing this and, um, I know some of the people involved, so I'm just going to like tell it in a, in, a, in a very distant way. But there were some people at a restaurant and they were not um, happy with where they were seating. And so the one lady, the Karen in this story, decided to ask multiple people who were coming to their table if she could have or if the group could have a bigger table somewhere else. Now, it was dinner hour. 
It was packed. There had been like a 40 minute, 45 minute wait already. And so they went to get, they went to get the hostess. And then for about 10 intense, uncomfortable minutes, the Karen in this story went back and forth with the host because she was not happy with the table. She wanted another accommodation. Specifically what she wanted was to be able to order her food and then if another table came open, move to the other table and have the food delivered to the other table. Mm. And the host position was, look, and the host was very kind about it. And apologized to really good customer service around the fact, and then came up with the solution. So, well, we can't do that because of stations and we're crowded. I have 13 people on the wait list. There are no other big tables available. And because you have waited so long already, this was the largest table and it does accommodate your party, even though, you know, I see it could be a little tight. However, I could, you could go back on the list. You could give up this table, go back on the list and wait for another, you know, the larger table, which are outside. So that was the solution proposed and the apology. And so then it just went, and that happened like in the first 35 seconds. So then it went back and forth for 10 uncomfortable intense minutes where the Karen in the story was just not happy with that solution and just wanted her way. And it was, it was really uncomfortable. Like it was really uncomfortable to witness. And the host was probably 19 to 23, 24. I mean, very young, right? Mm -hmm. Young. And I'm thinking, you know, there's a huge power imbalance here because, you know, the, the party was, you know, there were some young people in the party, but there were also people in their sixties. And it's just like, it, it didn't make sense. And then even in leaving, there was more said at another host host because of the issue. And the, the Karen just wasn't just just was not satisfied that she did not get away. And I feel really bad. And so I apologized to the host. Like I saw it and I was like, hey, I saw this happening and I'm really sorry you went through that, blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. But it is a really interesting thing to to be in the presence of a caring activity in the wild. Like it's, it's, it's really uncomfortable. I wish I'd see one. Yeah. And it wasn't one like where there's going to be police or anything like that. It was just one of those, I demand, you know, satisfaction. And it just went back and it was just going in circles and little side quips and everything. And finally when the host left, they were like, okay, well, I just need your decision. Are you going to give up your table or would you like to stay here? Or you say, well, I guess we got to stay because, you know, you just gave me the company line, blah, blah, blah. And the host said, okay, well, thank you. Have a good you know, meal, good evening. And then it was like, the, the carrier was like, well, that's not going to happen, but we'll, we'll eat here anyway. It was just like, it, was, it, it started getting really nasty. I just thought, oh man, this is, I don't want to be that person, you know, that's berating some front, front office or front of the restaurant staff at the dinner hour at a crowded restaurant, you know, just berating them for not accommodating you better. You know what I mean? Listen, I wish a bitch would. I wish I would see a Karen in the wild. (laughs) I don't have the composure uh, that you do. Now we all, we've talked about you and you're, you might be a little passive aggressive. Um, 
And you're not good with conflict, which I don't think in general, a lot of people are good with conflict. That's why if they see Karen in the wild, either they just start recording or they walk away, right? Because they don't know how to deal with conflict. I, on the other hand, welcome it. I think I welcome conflict so much that I never get to see it because two things. One, I bought a tool off of Amazon that allows me to, you know, break open a window if I see a dog in a car, you know, when people leave them in their in, in the cars. I haven't had to use the tool yet, which is also good. And then the other thing is like, I'm ready for a Karen. I'm ready for someone to cause a scene about something very loud and obnoxiously and or demeaning to another person, right? Like I, I, I seen for that. The closest I got was at Walmart in the self-checkout. And the gentleman was so mad that there wasn't a checkout with a cashier because he pays for the product that should come with him not having to bag his own stuff. So he, he complained for about five minutes. Now he wasn't loud. He just kept saying, you know, I, I pay for the experience when I pay for my product I shouldn't have to also wring it out and put it in a bag. Like that's exactly what he said for five minutes. Now he didn't raise his voice. He didn't say, go get the manager, but I stood around bagging my stuff very slowly with the (laughs) hope, with the hope that he was about to snap on this poor individual. I mean, (laughs) I, I hope never did it, but I was waiting. So I appreciate, I think, you did in this situation, acknowledging, going up to the hostess, apologizing again, apologizing for a white person to me is just, I I couldn't do it, but you did it because it was the right thing to do. And I'm sure it was well-received. I'm sure that person was like, yeah, we hear this all the time. You know, don't. That's so funny. You said that because that's exactly what she said. Well, first she did that American woman thing and where she said, she apologized to me. And I was like, no, don't, you don't have to do that. Like, you don't owe anybody an apology. You know, just, um, you didn't do anything wrong. You handled that really well. I was really impressed with your customer service skills, you know, this kind of deal. Because I just thought, you know, it's only a matter of, matter of time that for my daughter, her friends, you know, they're in these little customer service roles, not little, but they're in these customer service roles. And, you know, often it's customer facing. And, you know, because you've done customer service like I have on the phones and mm-hmm. face-to-face. Look, Americans are the fucking worst. The worst. Right? We are the most entitled motherfuckers on the planet that think everything should be catered to us. And as if these frontline people are making the money or the decisions or the rules, they're, they're not doing any of that shit. Their, their jobs depend on them just following the rules. And if they don't, <laughs> They're out of a job and they can't pay the rent and they can't go to school. Yep. And you have these people with jobs and careers and, you know, disposable income just be yelling at them. It's like, go yell at the owner. Like, it's not this person's fault. Exactly. That person on the other line might be able to help you to a certain extent or right. in front of your face, but they they don't make, they're not sitting there talking with the owner, as you're saying, creating this environment so that your experience is terrible. Right there. No one's setting up a restaurant saying, hey, what can we do to make this a shitty experience? Exactly. That's, a, you know, that's exactly it. 
you, you yeah, remind and you, me. You know what? And you, I, you know, I, and I would even go as far as to add on to that to say that, look, 99% of the people that go to work where they have to face the customer, they don't get up in the morning and go, I'm going to go to work and fuck up some customers. <laughs> right? I'm going to go ruin their goddamn experience. Like, they don't do that. People just like go to work. And at the, at the worst, most, if they're going to do bad, they're going to be indifferent. Right? It, it, that You'll see that more. But even with that, you know, most of the people are pretty kind. And that's why I really like seeing those signs, especially during COVID, although some are still out there, that says, hey, you know, it's hard getting workers right now. There's a lot of sick people. So be nice to the people who are here. Yeah. Yes. Right? Like that little thing. Like, we know it's going to take longer to get your coffee and your muffin and you know, all this kind of stuff. But this person is not to blame for that. It doesn't, it doesn't cost you anything. Just because you had a fight with your spouse doesn't mean that you should take it out on that innocent person just trying to give you your French fries. You know, oh. my dad, so, you know, we talked about tipping and how just for everybody's remembering and the highlight of me being a, a, a gold, a gold medalist in bussing tables, um, my athleticism at its finest I, we talked about tipping, right. And how we share tips and my dad, you know, cause he listens to this podcast. I think when my mom's listening to it and he said, I want to talk to you about something in regards to tipping. He said, you know what I think is bullshit. I was like, Oh boy, here we go. Like, what is it? <laughs> he said that when you have six or more people, they automatically add 18% tip to gratuity, gratuity to the check, which mm -hmm. means no matter how shitty your service is, that person is still getting 18%. Mm -hmm. And he said, that type of environment that I go in and I, they're automatically, automatically getting 18%. They don't come to my table enough. They don't bring, they don't bring water. I have to wait to like, they come every maybe once and then it takes forever to get something. He said that automated tipping creates people that know they're getting tips so they don't have to go above and beyond. You know, the group setting, that's that's interesting. Like, I, I think there's some truth to that. I do. And you know what? I, I remember when I was um, driving Uber and Lyft, I used to love to get restaurant workers because you can ask them really good questions about, like, um, how different restaurants have different tipping protocols and how they share tips or tip out the, you know, the host or the, the cooks, the servers, everybody get a little share. And there's all these different rules and every single restaurant um, waiter or waitress that I talked to, every single one, and this is no exaggeration, every single one had a story about a restaurant, either the current one they worked at or one they had worked at previously where they were they were getting robbed of their tips by the store, by the restaurant owners. Damn. Every single one. And um, how does it relate to your dad talking about the, about the big tables? Every I wouldn't see every single one. I would say maybe half or a little more because I would ask them, what's your worst tables to help? It was always big tables. It Damn. was that big. Yeah, because they said, even when they have the, they, they, the mandatory 18% or whatever it is, that if they, they can make more money serving multiple tables than 
being stuck serving one table because that would suck up all their time. And their the, um, the restaurant people wouldn't let them do any other table. They just get that one giant table. And it was just, they lose money during that. And I told, you know, I, I think you're right on that. And I told working in the, in the, as a, as a waitress at a little small restaurant that I wanted to do better. So I knew I was getting, you know, back when I was waitressing this, my perspective, yeah. it wasn't automatically on there, you know, and they have it now, but my perspective and my thought process is I'm going to make this table just, I'm going to dominate because I want to get more than the 18%. Like this could be a table that they give me 20%, right? So my thought process is that he's like, yeah, that's not everybody's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you know what? When, when I go to restaurants with my uncles, I have sometimes I choose just to pay the bill because they are such low tippers. Like they are low and Okay, let me tell you something. Not just my uncles, but my family. I've had to tell my family and my uncles, look, when you're in a restaurant, like a, a, a sit-down dining restaurant, you have a server there, or a waiter or a waitress there, just because you are there, don't stop every goddamn person that walked by your table that works there and think that they work for you. Because <laughs> this is what they do. Like someone comes by with the water, they're like, they start asking them a question about the menu. The water person goes, okay, I'm going to get your server. The server comes by, and then my uncles will do something like really strange, like like say something like, "Okay, I will have this salad or that salad," and then the waiter is just staring at them, and they're like, "Well, what do you want me to do?" And they go, well, "I just want one or the other," and it's like, and "I have to tell my uncle, you have to tell them what you want." That's that's not how this is. They don't just guess, right? And then like another server walks by from another table, holding food. My uncles will stop them and say. Can you tell me what's on that plate and you know why I should order that? You know, and I, or like anybody just walk any restaurant employee walks by, they think that that employee at that moment needs to be able to serve them. Like it is the weirdest thing. And I like like my family, not just my uncles, like my brother, his wife, the people that go, they just think there's no other customers in the restaurant. And as one of my uncles actually said, every employee should know everything. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> so I would just say, let me let me pay the bill so I can make sure we tip these motherfuckers appropriately. <laughs> now, is this is this so that's a very interesting thought when they say they should know everything. So I guess let's just for the sake of that argument you could say to your uncle, if let's just say he's a pastor, does mm -hmm. that mean because he's a preacher that he should know every religion? Right. This is, this is what I, this is what I've said. I've said like your profession, um, like one is a teacher or, or something like that. I'm like, well, well, you teach a specialty. Like you can't teach every subject. Like you're an expert in something, but some other some other student from some other teacher's class can't come to you asking about their lesson plan for that class. Like, it doesn't work like that. And you get a server. A, a, a waiter waitress has an area, right? They have tables that are theirs. That's your, that's your person. Leave everybody else alone. <laughs> like if you see someone walk by, leave them alone. They don't have time to answer your random question about 
whether that's ketchup or, you know, tomato sauce. I don't know. Oh my God. I would love to be a student <laughs> and then go up to this, go up to the teacher and say, Hey, I got this lesson from my math instructor. Can you tell me? <laughs> Bitch, I do philosophy. It is, it is so funny. I'm like, you guys, I took, I took, look, I was at, I was at some dinner, some lunch with my, with my brother and a bunch of other people, his wife and everything. This was probably a month ago. We were in, I think, uh, what's that big old restaurant? All that food, all that stuff on the menu. Cheesecake Factory. That has like a thousand things on the menu. So we're sitting there chopping it up. And then, you know, we sit there maybe, maybe 10 minutes. And my sister-in-law says, hey, they should bring us drinks or something. You know, water, we should order drinks. So so the our server heard us because they weren't very far away, far away. And the reason they had delayed was we had people just drag, it was like a big group. They were dragging in one at a time. And I'm like, okay, it's not a big deal. So anyway, the server comes and says, can I take your drinks, right? Your drink order. I'll, I'll get water for everyone. What do you want to drink? So we went out, we went, she went around the table, like maybe six people, and then got to my sister-in-law. And my sister-in-law said, what do you have to drink? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I like, my, oh my God. God. I was like, sis, the menu right there in front of you. And she said, well, I just want to ask. I, I said, well, we've been waiting 10 minutes. And you specifically said you wanted this lady to come. And she said, yeah, my sister's not very funny. She said, boy, don't bother me. And she asked the lady, what do you have to drink? The lady goes, well, we, well on this page, you know, it's the Cheesecake Factory. They have a thousand drinks. Oh, my God. They have alcohol, non-alcohol, sparkling yes. water. Yes. Like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and finally, it just came down to... She wanted some unsweetened peach tea. <laughs> the lady's like, well, we don't unsweetened peach tea, but I can bring you, you know, she sort of figured out how to do it and everything. And, you know, because they have a bar there, you can sort of make it up. So she did all that. My sister-in-law got it. like, oh, I don't like this. This is not good. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> It's oh funny God. when you think about when you hear or go out to restaurants with people that are normal, right? So it's, you think, wow, this is how people are supposed to act <laughs> in the restaurant. Right? Like you must be, you must live on edge going out to dinner with people with the uh, thought that everybody does what your uh, uncles do. Right. It's, it's, it's a nightmare. So I, I have this thing and I've taught my daughter. I said, look, let me tell you something. You know, you have this server and they want to get these tables served and cleared because they can get more money. Yep, turn them over. Right, they want to turn them over. I said, so look, when you sit down, if there's a menu there, they hand you a menu, look at the goddamn menu, right? <laughs> Figure out what you want to eat. Don't start looking around the restaurant and start talking about, you know, TV you saw last week. Look at the menu. Because look, this is one of my pet peeves. You spend all that time doing nothing. Then the server comes over. Okay, we're like, are you guys ready for your order? And then people go, oh no, let me. I haven't looked at the menu yet. Well, what the fuck? Why, why are you there? You're in. You're literally in a restaurant. Why have you not looked at the menu? It's so true. Oh my god. Oh, that's so. You good. literally have one job. Look at the menu, right? Just do that. And so, because look, you know, you know what servers would do when you're not ready, and they come over there. 
they will leave you for the next 15, 20 minutes. They, they, they don't want to bother with you. I don't Why they, don't have your bullshit? They got to yep. go make some money. <laughs> you, and you, what you do is you go talk to your peers and be like, son of a bitch. I got somebody that's going to take it. Goddamn table. They won't even look at the menu. Oh, my God. So, so I got, look, I've been training my daughter on that since she was little. Look at the menu. Like, look at the menu. So, order. And most of the time, we're going to restaurants that we've been to before. Yes, right. Like it's not that difficult. It it just it just isn't that difficult. And it's, it's it's really one of my one of my big pet peeves. And you know, my family does it too. Like my sister-in-law did with that drink. And then it's like they come and take your order, and then you got a hundred questions about the menu, which is like this one. It's cheesecake factor. You know, there's soup, salad, sandwiches, and pasta done a million ways. This is what do you want? They're going to microwave that shit in the back. Just get it. Get the server. <laughs> and don't make them spit in my food, too. Like, don't be that difficult. I shouldn't, I shouldn't be a victim in this debacle of yours. Just order your food the right way and be nice. That's all we ask. It doesn't, it doesn't cost that much. Uh, like, when I, when I, was on train, I was on that train in Canada with my uncles. And one of the things we did, me and my two uncles, we took some time to criticize each other, like all the little quirks that we have. And one of the things I had with one of my uncles, my oldest uncle was that, that you know, he, he won't say what he wants. And so, for example, he ordered breakfast and he ordered very specifically everything he wanted. I thought, this is really good. And then at the end, the, the waiter said, would you like some toast? And my uncle said, give me whatever you have. And so then the waiter was like, well, I got white bread, wheat bread, English muffin. You know, I got a lot of stuff. And my uncle was like, okay, just give me what you have. And then I go, well, uh, uh, he can't do that. Like, you have to tell him what you want. And then my uncle finally gave in. He was like, okay, I want sourdough. <laughs> Sorry, we don't have that. The guy was like, we don't have sourdough. The mother said, just give me what you have. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm in hell. Goddamn. I was like, I looked at the way that I was like, bringing wheat toast. <laughs> you, like, have to translate as if he doesn't speak English. He's yeah. just shouting out random things because he's not understanding the waiter. Oh, my God. Man, are you, have you been, so you said that you have been doing, uh, you get up in the morning, get on, so scroll on social media, enjoy your time there. And are you spending any time watching any shows besides this chef show? Yes. So I, 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 I did some really good TV this past week. So five star chef, which is on Netflix about six episodes it's very mellow it's a very mellow show if you want to watch something mellow which is really good um and then my fiance got me watching the first two episodes of real housewives of new york okay what are your thoughts on that you know what it was really it was entertaining and i don't i don't know who i like or dislike so far but i enjoyed their little their little uh scene i think they went to like one of those um like Martha's Vineyard or something like that. You know, they do those kind of things. And it wasn't really any, any controversies or anything, but it was entertaining. Like they were entertaining people. 
I I have to watch the second episode. The first episode, nobody really stood out. I always think of myself being on those shows and how entertaining I would be and what I would say in those situations. So no one has stood out to me yet. But I'm going to give it another episode. Yeah, yeah that second watch. episode was, it was entertaining. Okay. Um, and then you know what? I, my daughter and I watched a couple of episodes of Code Case Files on that Netflix. Oh, and it was, it was, it was cold case files missing in America. And it was really entertaining. Like, like it, it was, it's only four episodes and it's just one uh, missing persons investigative unit. in I think somewhere in South Carolina or something, I'm not really sure. And it happens to be all women, all investigators are women. And so you just get like four cases and you follow along as they try to find these missing people and it's it was it was pretty compelling so okay um that and then um season two of foundation is on apple plus i've only watched one episode it is the best sci-fi on tv so if anyone wants like some deep hardcore sci-fi where they don't you know they don't pander or try to explain stuff to you you just have to like goddamn pay attention it's it's the best um i watched for your nephews there's a new superman cartoon series on hbo it's just superman i don't know i don't know the official name but it's a car it's a modern cartoon on superman it, and it's pretty good there's only four episodes out so far but it's pretty good um and then i also watched i, I started watching the uh women's world cup soccer oh okay um, it's, a, it's hosted by australia and new zealand combined so the hours for watching is all mixed up However, um, and you don't have to know a lot about soccer. It's just, you know, th- I think there's like 32 teams or something from all over the world. And the U.S. team is probably ranked like two or three. They won the last two World Cups, so they are contenders to win it again. It just started maybe last Wednesday or Thursday or something like that. It's just a, what's called group play. Like you're, you're grouped in, in groups of four, you know, six or eight different groups and you play everyone in your group and then whoever wins that group then you advance then you start playing what's called the knockout round where you you win you go on you lose you go home so it's still in group play so it's still relatively early but it's pretty entertaining so i'm enjoying that and then the last thing is um this isn't tv but i learned something about i have an alexa i don't know if you have an alexa but uh probably all, all these little home music things will do it but you could, t- I've learned that I could tell Alexa, and this is probably old news for people that usually say, but I just figured it out. You could tell Alexa to play the top music and just name any country. And it'll just start playing top music from that country. Okay. And I just found that pretty entertaining. Just name a country and you just start getting, sometimes the music will be things you recognize from US music, but a lot of times it's just different stuff. And some of the music is pretty cool. Like I so far I've tried Nigeria, I tried Ghana, I tried France, I tried Ger- Germany. Was Germany was like a freak show, but it was interesting. And just try, just try any country. It's pretty interesting. So there's that Alexa. And then one other thing is, I saw the Barbie movie. Oh boy. Okay. And so the Barbie movie is very good. Oh. Right? So overall, um, it's funny and it's really made for. I mean, obviously, little girls who love Barbie. But, you know, because Barbie's been around so long, I think it's more gears towards women 30 and up. 
like who have memories of playing with Barbie. And Man. so it's really well done. All the Barbies and all the Kens are really good. So it's funny, it's silly, there's music, there's all this stuff happening. There's only one little line that I thought was inappropriate, but for the but everything else, it was it was good. And you know what? It's up to four hundred million dollars in box office earnings worldwide right now. Is uh, you know I was a Barbie. I played Barbies with my girlfriends. We had our Barbie cases. We'd go outside in the summertime, and we would just set up our Barbie stand, create a Barbie world, play with our Barbies. I used to take my Barbies to my grandparents to go swimming. My my aunt made me like Barbie furniture for Christmas. Like she made them herself with like wood and fabric. And I played with Barbies. I ain't ashamed to say it either. I was probably 16 years old when I was still like, I I enjoyed uh, having Barbies. I, I don't know if it was just... I didn't have a lot of friends or um, that I I liked using my imagination. And I think yes. in the industry that, or in the, not industry, in the era that I was raised, you know, we didn't have phones and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, we watched the Brady Bunch, but ultimately we had to fill our days outside. Cause you know, we, you're, you're supposed to be um, seen, not heard type of thing. So yes. You're, you had to be outside creating and using your imagination. And for the love of just my childhood, you know, getting on big wheels and pretending you're, you know, driving in a car, having your dolls, creating, you know, hide and seek and scenarios and chase. And you just, it was such a fun childhood for me to play, I guess. So when I think about Barbies and holding on to that, it's because it allowed me to stay within my imagination for so long. You know, it's funny you said it because I think, um, like I was saying, it's made for women 30 and up. Um, Little kids will get it. Boys and girls will get it because a lot of fun things, but like like Shrek and Toy Story, how they're just references that grownups will get about toys. And I think Barbie does a really good job with it. And that director, I'm not, I haven't been a fan of that director, Greta Gerwig. She, you know, let me just say, she's had a, a blind spot where it comes to passing anybody who might have any kind of melanin in their bodies, right, on their skin. I was going to ask if it was diverse. Yeah, and so this one, uh, yes. Uh, and, and actually, so there's Barbie and Ken, who is Margot Robbie and... That guy that looks like Ryan Reynolds, but it's not Reynolds, right? It's the B-side Ryan Reynolds. It's that guy, right? But she also has America Ferrara, um, Issa Rae. And then there's like a whole group of famous people who play Barbies and Kins. And she really does a great job at not just having them as background players, but they actually have roles. And I think she did a really great job of capturing the full history of Barbie. Like, because, you know, Barbie has a, you know, 80, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 year history. Yeah. And there's a million different Barbies. Barbie's been very progressive in having multi-racial, multi-gender, multi-body types, you know, a lot of stuff. But also Barbie's has some weird shit. And so she captures all that in a really fun, authentic, playful way. And I, I think that's really good. So, and I, I think, you know, maybe she took that feedback to heart that you can't just make movies with white people in 2023 all the time. You've got to do something else, Greta Gerwig. You know, come on. 
And so it, it comes across in the movie. And I think that uh, I enjoyed it. Like, it's a funny little movie. There's one thing in there that is really problematic, a throwaway line that the editor should have taken out. Um, but I'm not going to spoil it, but it was it, it was inappropriate and offensive to indigenous people. Like, she, that didn't have to be there. It didn't add anything. But oh, other okay. than that, okay. yeah, other than that, I don't want to diminish that, but other than that, it's very funny, and Margot Robbie does a great job being Barbie. Just a great job. That you know, a girlfriend of mine said it, it's PG thirteen because I was wondering why. She's like, "There's a lot of adult stuff in it that kids that are five and six aren't really going to understand." Like the visuality of it, how pretty it looked, and how it looks like Barbie Land, they can relate to. But that fades after a while so bringing a five and six year old to that is probably not the best is what she said yeah i think i think it'll I, to me i think it'll go over i think it'll go over their heads yeah um, that's yep that's what i think because it's 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 very pink it's colorful there's musical numbers there's a lot of things to look at and i was in a theater i couldn't go with my daughter like she wasn't with me and i said i'm gonna go see it anyway and of course you know, there's all these, um, there's like three different groups of people or two different groups of people. There is mothers with little tiny tots, right? And they're all in pink. And then there are, then there were like the 20 something um, girls, they're in pink with backpacks and all stylish and everything. And then there were the older, I shouldn't say older, but 40 plus um, women, some in groups. And then also some with you know younger daughters and, and some sons as well. And in the movie, there were, very distinct times where those grown-ass women were crying. Oh, damn. Yes, they're, they're very distinct times. And there were, I mean, it it was it was done really well. I'm telling Margot, look, Hollywood mess doesn't like this kind of stuff, but Margot Robbie could win a Best Performing Actor for that role. It, she's that good in it. But she won't because Hollywood hates women and they hate women in those kind of roles. Like, you got to be like, Looking ugly, getting beaten up, and being you know sexually assaulted, then maybe you'll get a a grant. Maybe you'll win something. Damn. Okay, so I'll wait for that to come out, and I'll I'll watch that. I I think that's good. It'll bring. It's a little nostalgia for me, so I I definitely would like to see it. I didn't know if it was going to be corny or not. So good feedback. Yeah. So what are you watching? You know, I just started one show. Okay, so I finished. I watch. Um, I I watched a show called Survival of the Thickest. That was on oh, Netflix. I want to see that with that really yeah. funny lady. Yeah, it actually it was really it was really funny. I, I caught myself laughing out loud. Her wit was really great. I don't know her name. I never seen her before. Uh, I so. know her name. Her name is Michelle Bucoa Bouchot or something like that. Oh, she's it was really, really good. Just the story of a girl that gets, you know, cheated on and how she sort of finds her way back to, you know, for herself, but she's got really good friends and there's a really awesome dynamic. Uh, I, I, I burned through that cause I, I think it was six episodes, maybe eight. It was eight episodes. They're 25 minutes each. I think one was maybe 29 minutes. So you can get through it really fast. I, I highly recommend it. Thought it was really well done. Um, and then I started the crowded room on Apple TV, and that is with Tom Hardy. Um, oh no, no, Tom Holland. Holland, yeah, Tom Holland. Uh, how is that? So far, yeah, so far, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm invested, right? So okay, I'm very okay, invested. I got you. Okay, okay. I did hear from somebody that watched it that said it all comes together at the end, and they 
I need to watch it so that we could talk about it. So I'm going to probably finish that this week. And then of course, just my, you know, one-offs of Real Housewives of Atlanta. I do watch the Kardashians every, if I'm eating breakfast and I want something that's mindless, I'll put that on. And then of course the Lincoln lawyer, which um, I just finished. They only released five episodes. The next five, I think come August 5th, Netflix can kind of fuck off. You know, you already got them. You've already got them in production. They're already ready to go, but here's five episodes, bitch. And then we're going to make you wait two weeks for the other five. Such bullshit. So that is, that's a mess. Yeah. So I'll, I'll keep it. I'll let you know about, I think by next week when you and I meet, I should be done with uh, crowded room because now I, now I need to finish it. So I'm excited about that. But yeah, other than that, Uh we have, we have, talked up a storm today we have i love it. it's been a good session and i hope our I hope our listeners will um share our show put us on automatic download because neither one of us won that billion dollar lottery where a winning ticket was sold in california a oh, motherfucker a billion los dollars. angeles oh my god nobody in la needs all that kind of a billion dollar lottery ticket sold in this state <laughs> You be doing this. You, you, be, you be doing this show by yourself. <laughs> I saw. <laughs> I saw somebody break down by the time taxes, some other like a bunch of other fees. By the time the billion dollars, if you take the lump sum, it is just under three hundred million. It's like three hundred twenty-four million dollars that you take actually it. get. I'll listen. I'll, it's three hundred twenty-four million dollars I didn't have. <laughs> <laughs> I know, you know, it's funny people be doing those calculations like, 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 motherfucker, I don't care. Give me $300 million. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. You take your 700 million. I don't care. Like, I literally don't care. <laughs> I'll, I'll be like, I, I don't care how much you go. You can leave me 10 million. Fine. Give me 10 million. I don't care. <laughs> like, who's going to scoff at that? Oh, yeah. Right. 324 million. Right. I want to go, go buy my own little country. I'm going to be on an island. It's going to be a Myron Clifton um, monarchy on this island. Me, Meghan Marco, Gal Gadot, and I'll invite the Obamas, and of course, my fiance. I'm good. And one of and one of the uh, Ryan Reynolds that you always get confused with. You know, listen, I went to unclaimed money that you know. I guess apparently you get if you're if you put in your name. It's I, I don't know the the website, but the full website. But it's like unclaimed money. And if you find your name, you just hit receive, receive, receive. That's I got a lot of it was like change thirty cents here, probably yeah. for. Our state controller has it. I got a check for fifteen dollars. You see me bitching that I got fifteen dollars for free? No. That so three hundred twenty-four million. I ain't gonna scoff at either. What? I'm a, yeah. You know what? I think you told me about that before. I never did it. I'm gonna go do that. I'm gonna see if I can find me some money. Yeah, because you you said I don't believe it. You said I'll see. Yeah, I think your exact phrase was. <laughs> You be the guinea pig and see if anybody steals your identity or something like that. Like, hey, no, look, ain't no unclaimed money for black people. We call it reparations. We ain't got none of it. <laughs> now I want to give you my $15. It's like unclaimedproperty.org or something like that. Check it out. Listen, you just have to hit claim, claim, claim. And within 
two weeks, I got a check from the state of California from the office of the controller. That is incredible. Yeah. So it's not unclaimed property, it's unclaimed money. Unclaimed money, but I think it's at unclaimedproperty.com or something like that. But oh my God. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So I'm $15 richer, bitches. I can buy two pink drinks from Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> that is so awesome. I, you know, congratulations. I'm really happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys didn't sense that sarcasm, I don't even know if you should be listening. Uh, what a fun, what a fun show, sir. I always love, I know we talk every day, a couple times a day, but these, these uh, recordings are special to me. So I appreciate it. I love it. I love catching up with you. It always makes me feel good for the rest of the night. Have a great night. We'll talk to you next week. Peace out. Peace out. Love this podcast. Be sure to like, subscribe, and leave a review. Visit the episode description to find out how you can connect with the hosts on social media. Voice Memos is a production of Dear Dean Publishing. All rights and trademarks reserved. No portion of this podcast shall be reproduced commercially without consent.